0: Join Justin Charity and Micah Peters in Sound Only as they discuss their deepest, darkest thoughts about the millennial lifestyle, rap music, video games, anime, YouTube, social media, and their underlying themes. Check out Sound Only on Spotify or wherever you get
1: your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's
2: presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an
1: English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash! Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies' splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. (laughs) Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when. To sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on
2: cars.com. Previously on Recipe Club. All right, let me read the, let me share the wheel again here. We've got the wheel of recipes for anybody who's a first time listener. This determines our next Recipe Club meeting. I with... can tell
3: you right now what I want to do. The winner can.
2: Choose something correct. The winner replace. gets to replace ground pork with another item, uh, uh martinis. Okay, <laughs> <Yes>. uh, martinis. <laughs> okay, so oh my god, as a continuity for last time, Jesus Christ, just to remind everybody of what's on this wheel so far, the list is martinis, meatballs, flatbread, jello, barbecue sauce, canned tuna. Polenta, Mapa Tofu, and another entry for martinis, which Rachel put on there last time. And now we will have a third martinis on here. So this current wheel has a 3 out of 10, 30% chance of hitting martinis. All right, I'm spinning. I'm spinning. I'm spinning. I'm Martinis, martinis, martinis. Oh, my God. Oh, shit. Oh, Oh, my God, man. Wait, so it landed on polenta. Which I don't think the, dis- the disappointment is so much about polenta as it is not landing on martinis. No, it is
3: disappointment because there's only so many things you can do. And can we just say you can do any cornmeal type of thing?
2: Sure. Because it's just a, it's, it's
3: semantics, really. Oh, it's about a fine gosh. cornmeal. It, the,
2: the, the wheel is incredible. The wheel is truly incredible at finding the one thing that none of us thought about then <laughs> <laughs> ultimately don't want. I
3: mean, polenta, who the fuck makes polenta? Welcome to another installment of Recipe Club, currently the number two food podcast out there. We are happy being number two, never going to be number one, um, no matter how hard we try. And uh, that's just the way it's going to
2: be. And he's not even talking about the charts. He's just like number two podcast in yeah. our own hearts.
3: Yeah, remember, You guys are old enough to remember the Snapple commercial where they're like, we're number three. And we're okay <laughs> with that. So that's sort of how I feel. But we are joined with the 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 higher winning percentage than anybody else Rachel Kong does she she have like a 800 percent winning percentage I believe I think that Rachel have you ever
2: not come away with a victor oh I lost know, last
3: Dave last ground week
2: pork that's last right time. can we can yeah. we
3: actually before we get into the ingredient of the week which is what the hell did we cook again this week oh <laughs> we <laughs> polenta polenta can we talk about the the after effects, the aftershocks of that said decision
2: of of pork patty burger winning <laughs> well, well, versus? So yeah, so, I, and I the... cried for weeks. <laughs> so in their ground pork episode, for anybody who didn't listen, you know there was a three way tie between all three recipes. All we there was universal agreement that eating was good that week. It was it was good stuff. But after consulting our producer, we we gave the victory to Dave's recipe, the the Danish pork burgers. Let's talk about the immediate five seconds after we stopped recording. And I think Isaac was like, how the fuck did you three Asians let the only white recipe win? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there was, some, there was a little fallout from that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what else to say more about
3: that, especially in the... Uh, era where we need to be promoting Asian American <laughs> values and people more than ever, we really let all of Asian America down, and I am sorry. And Chris will give an, uh, an apology yeah, somehow, somewhere.
0: Formal another, apology. Yeah.
2: Another formal apology, guys.
0: <laughs> I was pushing for all of us to be winners, which, I mean, you guys just wouldn't accept.
2: Well,
3: Chris Yang's bank account is a little bit heavy with 30 pieces <laughs> of silver. I see. <laughs> Um. Okay, biblical jokes aside, let's get into uh, polenta. For those that don't know the framework of the game, Chris, can you explain quickly?
2: Yes, indeed. Uh, recipe Club here, we... Uh, my God, that was the Yoda syntax. Here on Recipe Club, we explore the many ways to cook the things that you want to eat. Um, this case, it's polenta or grits. Uh, I think on our last podcast, when the wheel landed on it, we made a collective decision that any ground cornmeal, varietal, whatever you want to call it, was fair game here. If you do a Google search for polenta recipes, you turn up 35.2 million results, or at least I do. Well, Chris, Um, what's the
3: difference between search results, polenta versus grits?
2: uh, It's a good question. And it is dramatic, actually. So for polenta recipes, you get thirty two. Uh, million plus grits recipes only turns up uh 9.75 million results Mm. funnily enough you know if you if you start digging into kind of the origins of polenta and grits if you look at the wikipedia for polenta you know the origin is northern italy um and you know grits is low country south but uh my brain tells me that corn comes from here so how can polenta be From anywhere but here
3: well also Um, tomatoes like how the fuck do the italians do more (laughs) tomatoes than us
2: exactly exactly so we can get into all of that but we've chosen three recipes uh using polenta three very different ones actually and we're going to get into how those all turned out where they came from our own sort of uh tweaks and adjustments but um first let's talk about polenta generally what do you guys like about polenta how often are you guys actually cooking polenta you know Dave, maybe in the in the restaurant world, like how, how much did how much polenta have you cooked in your life?
3: I was trying to do the math when I worked at Craft. I was on entremetier station for honestly almost about a year. I've made around four hundred giant batches of of polenta in my life at minimum. Whoa! Uh, um, Jesus Christ! Really at minimum, and that's not including different ways you can make family meal. And then when you get into Momofuku, one of the very first dishes that I think was um, very critical to our development creatively were our version of shrimp and grits. Because I went to Hearth to get the polenta for family meal and I was like, why don't I just, what if I envisioned my ancestors moving to the low country, uh, uh, Coastal Carolina, would they replace corn uh, with with rice? Of course they would. And and I think I probably have made some version of polenta or slash quick grits over 2000 times. Wow. Yeah. Honestly, that sounds crazy, but in terms of the pickups, <laughs> when you think about probably selling 50 or 60 of those a day, it it really does add up. So, I have a lot to say about it, but also I don't know that much other than whatever I've made.
2: <laughs> Do you still have, I mean, you after 2000 plus times making polenta or grits, you still have love in your heart for it as a food? Less so. <laughs> I I I I was I was thinking you would say that I, cuz I remember polenta featuring heavily into family meals and that's one of the reasons why like I very rarely cook it like when you eat so much polenta too it's 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 tough
3: but I'd argue and Rachel I'd love to know your sort of perspective as more of a a a, a civilian cook when you eat polenta or grits are you do you just light up and be like this is awesome no,
0: <laughs> I mean, okay. So I think, yeah, I definitely uh, don't have those associations. You know, I have worked in restaurants, but I, I, I never got like polenta overlord, uh, overload in any way. I polenta cooked...
3: overlord is a good name though. <laughs>
0: polenta overlord is what one of us shall be at the end of this. <laughs> but I think you know. So for me, it's always been like um, polenta has been something that I like I sort of came to eat later on in life. I definitely didn't eat it growing up. I never knew how to order it in restaurants growing up, but I think it was probably like maybe college or after college that I was introduced to polenta and grits. And, you know, I I like it. I like corn. I think it's, corn is a great food, (laughs) but I think the polenta was always, just sort of a vehicle for something usually like pretty rich, like a braised meat or something like really just like fatty and savory and delicious. And uh, it was never something that I really grew up with and craved. You know, I think for a lot of probably Southern people and Italians, I don't know. um, planta and cornmeal mush might be very homey and nostalgic but I think it's like one of those foods, it's kind of like a a comfort mush of certain cultures. And I think comfort mush can be very personal. Like I feel that way about congee and mm-hmm. I love, you know, just like juk basically, like overcooked rice, soupy overcooked <laughs> rice. But I don't think of that as like, a food that I would serve at a dinner party because it is so personal to me, you know? I almost can't stand it if somebody else, like, doesn't like it because it's so good to me. And mm. and I think polenta is in that same category of, like, I'm sure there are people who feel like grits or polenta are just, like, the taste of home or maybe, like, cream of wheat or something, right? Like, there are mushes that, like, people feel very strongly about, but I just don't personally... Um, I don't ever, like, think... Oh, man, I really want some polenta right now.
3: Well, I never call it polenta. I always call it grits, except that, you know, when I have to make it Italian, I have to put like, you know, sage and fucking olive oil and Parmesan and all that other shit on it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, but I was thinking if we were from Charleston or Savannah or somewhere again on the the coastal areas or Gulagichi area, they'd probably be saying, "Yeah, you know, when I eat Congee. I It's not like I don't like, I just can't imagine wanting to serve that to anybody. It's such mm-hmm. a very unique, distinct thing that the concept of porridge, I love the word gruel. You like mush. I like gruel. I think <laughs> that's like a, a, a better name. Because
0: <laughs> um, you like suffering.
3: Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I only had it when I remember I was in Richmond, Virginia, and I had it at a, a like a Shoney's diner or something. Cause I, I wanted to know what grits was and I tasted it. I was like, this doesn't taste like anything. I was like, where's the soy sauce? When I tasted it, I was like, where's the, where's the soy sauce? <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> where's the Kung And it never happened. And then, I, you know, clearly you can add it with cheese. And, and then I, when I had really great shrimp and grits in, in South Carolina, in Georgia, that area, it is so fucking good. New Orleans, anywhere in the South, I don't know if it's the time and place of where it is, but it can be damn near transcendent. So I'm a big fan. I just don't like cooking it at home. I almost never cook grits or slash polenta at home. When's the last time you bought polenta or corn, the both of you, at home? That's not on Recipe Club.
2: Oh, I haven't made polenta in a long, long, long time. (laughs) Rachel, have you made it recently?
0: I I like polenta for like... You know, a solo meal that I make a lot, if my husband's out of town, is I'll just make polenta with like a whole bunch of sautéed greens. Vodka. Just vodka. Yeah, just some vodka and I make it a martini. (laughs) Um, No, like a whole bunch of sautéed kale and like a fried egg. Like I want that like runny thing on top. Like to me, that's Mm -hmm. like a perfect meal with some cheese on top. It feels to me like pretty (laughs) easy-ish, pretty comforting. And so I like... I like making that when I'm alone.
2: Can I ask you guys a question related to personal comfort mush? Um, when you were kids and first <laughs> heard, a <laughs> when you, uh, when you first heard the story of the three bears and Goldilocks comes into their house and is like eating their porridge, like what did you all, did you all think of kanji, right? It's right. Yes. Like, that's a thing, right? I think I never understood for years and years and years that like, Oh, they're probably not talking about congee. No, like, no, the three what bears are they talking about? Porridge. porridge, I not Muesli porridge, or some like, some shit like that. Oatmeal or something
0: like I said, The bears are eating muesli.
2: Oatmeal, right? It's like oatmeal mush, but like it just speaks to what you're talking about. Where I think that like comfort mush is universal, but like it's also very personal.
3: Hold on, uh, let's not. Uh, Diminished the, the take of an adult now reading Goldilocks and the Three Bears. <laughs> fuck being a kid, having now read it several times to Hugo, I don't want to read it anymore. Because you know why? I'm like, fuck Goldilocks. She's
1: so rude. She's
3: so, so entitled. So for so it's
2: not just rude. She's a fucking straight up criminal, man. <laughs> She's like, the a kind of customer and, like,
0: you don't want at a restaurant.
2: Yeah. This one's too hot. So so fucking blow on it for a minute. (laughs) Don't eat three bowls until you find the right temperature. Breaking and entering. She broke into the house. That's what I'm saying. I'm just stealing shit. What what kind of entitled person is like, this one's too hot, so give me a new bowl that's the right temperature? Are you kidding me? (laughs) Are you kidding? But um I do I think the the so like I think the overall takeaway is I I like the the, the texture of polenta. I like it creamy. I don't really like it fried when it's like set up and stuff like that because uh-huh. I think the comfort mush is essential.
3: Well, I, I, I have to interject here. I think the texture really depends on the, the mill size of the corn. And if it's yeah. too big, eh, no. And I, I, it's like eating wet sand and it's got to be pro- mm-hmm. properly hydrated. I personally like the finest grind possible. I mm-hmm. like mine from Anson Mills. I like Quick Ritz. Quick Ritz is super important. And I'd also argue there's some marketing nonsense on the, on the, the polenta that I get, or the, even the grits, they say it's quick grits and it's like fine in terms of texture. It's not, that would be considered like coarse, I think mm-hmm. from some of the, 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 better grit producers and uh super fine polenta or grits, I think is, I would, if I could get my hands on that, I'd probably cook it a lot more, yeah. but I don't love the, the gritty texture of the grits slash polenta you get at the
2: supermarket. That's just me. The flavorsome grittiness, as Nigella Lawson will call oh, it wow. later I in this episode. I was definitely going to bring that up. <laughs> uh, I'm with you though, Chang, because and, and 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 we'll get into it here in a second. But you know, because of the pandemic and having to order all my groceries remotely, like I got just got a bag of whatever the fuck the shopper decided to send me, and it posed a problem because it worked in one context and not in the other. So let's get into what the recipes are. We've got three recipes, like I said, um, from Rachel Kong. We've got a the Crook's Corner Shrimp and Grits. Uh, Which was published on food.com, but is an iconic shrimp and grits recipe, you know, probably the the recipe that kicked off the shrimp and grits craze around the country. Uh, Dave has brought a lemon polenta cake, courtesy of Nigella Lawson, as appears on foodnetwork.com. He's pumping his fists. Uh, And I brought a polenta lasagna using pre-cooked logs of lasagna from a duck's oven, which I think is just a duck's butt. But this is a blog, I think, from the Pacific Northwest. So those are the three. Um, as we said, as it's becoming a little bit of a habit to have to say here, Dave, you won the last one of these, so it's your your right to defer, go first. What do you want I to just,
3: do? I want to just preface this before anyone goes deeper into this podcast and listens, or for us to remind ourselves when there's an eventual victor of the polenta <laughs> challenge. That I just want to be very honest. We are going to collude. <laughs> just know that there will be, there's collusion on, on the, the choice of, of ingredients, whatever, whatever, whoever wins, we're gonna choose Martini. We don't land on Martini, we're choosing <laughs> oh, Martini. I just want everyone to know, that's gonna happen, goddammit. Um, basically, Dave is saying,
2: <laughs> like, to, 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 to recap what you just said, doesn't matter what's about to happen, the outcome is gonna be the same. <laughs> <laughs> you all can just fast forward to the end. Yeah, I, I don't want you guys to be upset and be like, "Oh, I didn't know." I'm just telling
3: you the the, the plot right now. So think of this as like a Christopher Nolan like tenet. It's like doesn't matter where you started this fucking podcast, everything is a fucking infinite loop here. Um, okay, I will go first. I tried hard to not make a momofuku shrimp and grits recipe uh, because it was only Asian uh, grits. Corn dish that I could think of or find uh, that might be good, and I decided to reverse, go in reverse, and choose a dessert. And there's not that many desserts, so I chose the one that was going to be the simplest. And I and I was uh, you know put under the Nigella Lawson spell. I must have listened to her accent, and be like that's the one, and I chose it. And I just got it in the nick of time before I, I heard Rachel was about to choose that recipe. <laughs> so I felt very good about my choice it's a pretty simple recipe. It's cornmeal, almond flour, lemon zest, eggs, an incredible amount of butter, uh, an incredible amount of sugar. (laughs) So much sugar. (laughs) So much sugar. Um, And that's pretty much it. And I will say, I think her recipe is not accurate. I had to add milk to loosen it up. And I'd also say it's listen, I like Nigella. I just think that the recipe could have been better. I think she, she needed to hydrate the cornmeal regardless of the grain size prior to making the cake. So I would have soaked the, gr- the grits or polenta in milk before making this recipe. I think it would have made it a lot better and, and the texture would have been better, but I had to buy caster sugar. I didn't even know what the fuck that was. Uh, <laughs> honestly, I didn't know what caster sugar was. And I made the syrup, and then I juice, I use Meyer lemons because I'm in California and man, can I just tell you from someone that's grown up in the East coast, man, Meyer lemons <laughs> should just get re- rid of normal lemons. You should just get rid of normal lemons. Yeah. Lemon. yeah agree. I mean, no one, again, I always use the example, like very few people want to intentionally get from point A to point B on a horse or a carriage or a buggy just because automobile's better. <laughs> <laughs> Plane is faster to get cross, you know, transcontinental. A Meyer lemon, to me, is clearly that superior to a normal lemon, and we should only grow Meyer lemons from here on out because it is this perfect balance of, oh, you could actually eat it where it's just sweet enough, but also it has a lot of sourness too. It's, it's a goddamn miracle, and now yeah. I've been, I used it as the zest and as the juice in this, and I think that's really what made it taste good, not anything else. or not the polenta.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think you've hit basically all of my notes on the head. And just to you know, if anybody is curious, I mean, you can look at this recipe up. But like Dave said, it's very simple. You cream the butter and sugar. You add the various flowers, eggs, and then you put it into a, a, a pan and bake it. And then you oh, the other the one part we didn't talk about, Chang. I think is you you make this lemon syrup yeah. and then kind of drench the whole thing. And uh, as reprinted on Food Network's website, you know the first three three steps of this are just nigella's kind of like head note talking about how she like likes this about italian cooking but not this and and then the passage in question which we should just bring up right now and we just talk about it is she does she says the flavorsome grittiness of the polenta and tender rubble of ground almond meal provides so much better a foil for the holy desirable dampness than does the usual flour Uh, i think there's also a part where she says like bake the cake it's still a bit wibbly and you can pull it out (laughs) Uh, it's, she's just fucking making this stuff. I couldn't tell if it was a Nigella Lawson parody account or not, but like, it's, it's, it's very, it's a little ridiculous, but the number one problem for me, Chang, was exactly what you said. I thought this cake was actually going to be incredibly delicious, but the cornmeal, which mine was not super fine, did not hydrate enough. It just felt like a a nice cake that was very sweet, but just had like somebody accidentally knocked a bunch of sand into because the, uh, nothing happened to the polenta.
0: It was flavorsome grittiness.
2: Mm. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it wasn't even flavorsome.
0: I felt very compelled by that head note and the and the tender rubble and wholly desirable dampness. Um, it just sounded amazing. And like Dave said, I was going to pick this recipe because I just really love like a lemon butter cake. And like, yeah. I'm not this way with regular cake, but I just anything lemony and buttery And cakey, I can't stop eating. And I definitely liked this cake. I couldn't stop eating it, even though there were these huge chunks of sand in it, essentially. (laughs) So, I mean, that's like high praise, honestly, because it was really easy to make. I thought the flavor was delicious, but yeah, I had the same problem that all of you had. It was like, it was delicious. And then there were these huge chunks of polenta in it. And actually, I went back and looked at the recipe and, you know, um, I was like, well, maybe this is intentional. She says flavorsome grittiness. She does specify like fine polenta, but I didn't, you know, I bought polenta. I didn't really see that many options for the fineness of the polenta. And maybe it should have just been called cornmeal cake. Like, would that have solved our issues?
2: I think we would have known more what to expect. I guess I was expecting because I've, I've had polenta or like cornmeal-based cakes that don't have this same grittiness thing. I, I, I mean, Cheng, you add? Did you add milk to yours? Did you get it? I to did. I did. I added milk because
3: I knew I knew it was going to be too fucking dry. Yeah. And like that's sort of what I want to talk about. I think this is the first time as I try to actually follow recipes uh, as they're written because uh, you know I think it's a better service to the people that are listening. I am not trying to talk shit at all about Nanjella. I mean, I, I've never met her, but she's been very cordial, cordial to me online, blah, blah, blah. I just think this recipe sucks because <laughs> it makes a good cake. Honestly, we ate the shit out of it and we gave a half away to, to a, a friend of ours and it was really great and they loved it. And I, I think there's more to add to that, but it's, the nuance and all these footnotes that I would rather have than the, the floral language that was put into the, 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 footnote, I mean the, the, the intro of it, because these are the things that would make this recipe great. It's just mm-hmm. like, if they're making it so much and they know it's this go-to standard for somebody, then they should tell us all the things that you should be looking out for. Like, you know, polenta might not be actually fine, even though it says that it's fine, so mm-hmm. on and so forth. And if that is the case and you get granu- like larger granular polenta, that's not a problem if you pre-soak it in milk or water. Like These are the steps that actually make people much better home cooks because it gives them the logic and the thought process because ultimately it's just science, right? And and I know this too because when I ate this at like three in the morning, like two <sighs> or three days later in, out of the fridge... <laughs> I was actually surprised at how much better it was because mm-hmm. I completely saturated it yep. in that syrup and it was now super soft. And a lot of the the, 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 the the greediness was now just much, it was much, much less. And I was like, wow, this could be super close to being something I would not even maybe serve in a restaurant if you just sort of tweak it here or there uh, with a side of whipped cream or ice cream or Chantilly, blah, blah, blah. And I'd also say this, they should add a footnote, add booze
2: to the mm. syrup. I really want to do this. I just want, because uh, like a rum baba came to mind oh, and I, I was I like, just drench this in rum.
3: Or rum cake from, from the Caribbean or the Bahamas, like that mm-hmm. area where they have the rum cakes. And that would be a different cake or whiskey because it's corn. I mean, there's just so many different ways you could have made this recipe truly great, but it was just a good recipe. But I feel like it, could have it could make people better cooks, but this recipe doesn't. So I'm going to let the listener know.
0: I mean, I I really like Nigella Lawson's recipes, and I have her book How to Be a Domestic Goddess, which is mm-hmm. how I came to be a domestic goddess.
2: <laughs> For
3: anybody who's been That's wondering the best,
2: how she pulled it off, the best line <laughs> Rachel's ever. On, <laughs> she it's right. It's on her shelf right next to How to Become a Literary Doyen. <laughs>
0: it's right next next to that in the Dewey Decimal System um yeah it's a great book and she's so good at cakes and you know just like anything with an incredible amount of butter and sugar in it I agree that it could, this recipe could have been better it could have spent more time on the things that actually mattered um and less time on the things or just on the adjectives I guess
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a pro, gluten-free, right? Yes. Right, right, right? Mm-hmm. It's like eating a, a, a quadruple double cheeseburger, but getting a Diet Coke.
0: <laughs> but I did feel kind of uneducated, you know, like when it came to, I think this is like maybe an example of, or she talks about how it's it's sort of modeled on like an Italian polenta almond cake, right? Mm-hmm.
3: That's what it is.
0: I've never had that, I guess, so have have you guys?
2: Yeah, I, that's I had like a frame of reference for what this was. I was that's why mm-hmm. I was actually more surprised by the cornmeal being so pronounced to Dave's point too, like I can see people getting turned off by that part of it and writing this whole thing off when like there's there's fixes and there's like a reason why it's it's gritty like that.
3: If you're going to make this recipe, I think you should follow everything that we just sort of laid out. You should soak your grits beforehand. Even if it's a quick grit, unless it's like super fine and you can get polenta or uh, grits that look like flour almost, Mm -hmm. a little bit larger than that granule size, I would probably do a whiskey or rum-based addition to the syrup. It's a really delicious cake, don't get me mm-hmm. wrong, but it, I would definitely pre soak my grits. And that's a simple tip that anybody that makes grits will put in, in their footnote or header of like, hey, you should probably soak your grits beforehand. And this didn't have it. Um,
0: and add so, salt.
2: I did, yes. yeah, add salt. It definitely needed salt. That's a great point, Rachel. But so much butter. Holy <laughs> fuck.
0: <laughs> I really ate so much of this, though. Like, I ate like a quarter a night. <laughs>
3: No, it it, it produces a lot because I put it in a loaf pan. And here's another thing: it says you got to put it in a springform pan. That's total fucking bullshit. You don't have, you, you don't have to. You can just bake it in <laughs> anything. <total laughs> fucking bullshit. Total but you, what you do, bullshit. you will probably. Uh, I'm going to say. Well, let's guess the calorie content on this cake, shall we? I'm oh, going to say over four thousand calories and a hundred grams of fat.
0: But it's gluten free.
3: Yeah, you think it's over four thousand <laughs> calories and a hundred grams of fat?
2: Uh, yeah, you're probably right. There's nuts.
3: Uh, it's nut flour. It's
2: so bad for you. <laughs> this cake is it's so It's bad. incredibly <laughs> bad for you. And then the syrup itself is another cup of super fine powdered sugar. Like it's so 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 bad. Listen, for you. it's
0: vitamin C. It's <laughs> gluten free.
2: Wait. So actually, that's, going back to the loaf pan thing. How how thick were your respective cakes? Because what Mine using whatever like pan a pound you guys
3: it like a Sara Lee pound cake.
2: Okay.
0: I did use the nine nine inch springform pan.
3: <laughs> okay. Okay I don't have that what is even what is even that? Is that the one where it's like a
2: bunt pan? No, it's just like
0: with the outer edge it can be removed. Uh, it's uh, like for a cheesecake,
2: yeah, I think I used probably like more like an eleven inch one and it was pretty thin. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an
1: English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash. Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with $25,000 tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by 7-Eleven. Cold slurpy drinks on a hot summer day are a match made in heaven, and your favorite refreshment just got even better. Let's talk about 7-Eleven's $1 small slurpy drink with 7 rewards. It's the classic frozen fizzy treat you can't get anywhere else. I'm a blue raspberry guy. Just know that about me. Know that I'm going to be going forward anytime there's a drink like this, I'm in on the blue raspberry. If you're feeling thirsty, feeling thirsty right now, how about going to visit a 7-Eleven valid through 1725. 7-Eleven has the right to end this promotion early plus tax. Participating U.S. stores. See app for full terms. All rights reserved.
2: Rachel, you want to go? You want me to go?
0: Uh, sure, I can go. So I picked the Crooks Corner Shrimp and Grits. I just got excited when I think Chris, you mentioned shrimp and grits at the end of our last episode, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh yeah, that's what I want to." And then you what swooped what right in there. I <laughs> swooped right in, and I said, "That's what I want to eat." Yeah, you know, I was looking for. Actually, I wouldn't have picked this recipe had I known that Dave has made a million shrimp and carrots. I didn't know that part of the Momofuku history. (laughs) And I picked this because, like I said, you know, I feel like polenta is a very, you know, just like rustic comfort food. And I always want it to come with something kind of decadent and like objectively delicious. And so I thought that would be shrimp and bacon. I have had this recipe like once before, probably in like 2007, um, my friends Vera and Gordon made it for me. Vera's from North Carolina and had had it in person. They're now farmers in Cedar Grove, North Carolina. And I just have this like memory of the night with them eating shrimp and grits as being like so amazing and so delicious. And I also love that, you know, there are mushrooms in the recipe, there's bacon in addition to the shrimp. And it. I just remember it being really good and really balanced, the recipe itself is, you know, you make grits. I used polenta. You mix in, I think, two different kinds of cheeses, parmesan and and cheddar. You uh, make a bacon, mushroom, and shrimp kind of medley to go on top of that. <laughs> yes. And and you put it on there, and then you serve it. Is that right? Is that, is that that's it? right.
2: That's that's shrimp and grits. That's that's shrimp and grits.
0: And there's lemon
2: and, the, and a little Tabasco sauce in there, and and in so this Tabasco recipe,
0: which, and and in my case, Meyer lemon.
2: And in this recipe, which I don't necessarily attribute directly to the restaurant, it it's, it seems like a reprint. There are two different kinds of chicken broth it calls for, but I'm pretty sure you could just use whatever chicken broth. Um, do you know what? So the version you had before, Rachel, was it this Crook's Corner one? This was the this was the Crook's Corner.
0: Well, I don't know if it was this exactly because I remember that they they, they maybe didn't find it on the internet. You know, they had had it like mailed to them in an email, like a word document. So I remember having that word document that we were working off of. And that's a hundred percent a good point because as I was reading this recipe from food.com, I was like, Oh man, I would rewrite this recipe for sure. (laughs)
2: Um, but do you, do you want to talk at all about Crook's Corner and what that is and like why the, why Crook's Corner shrimp and grits is a thing?
0: I don't know that I really can. I mean, I just, I haven't been <laughs> <Damn> there. <it. laughs> I have only had this recipe. Yeah.
2: Can, uh, can you, well, I'll I barely, but I mean, I'm sure Chang will step in and correct me, but uh, Crook's Corner is where the chef, I think Bill Neal had put this uh, item on the menu. And in like the eighties, I think Craig Claiborne went and ate there and sort of pronounced, you know, shrimp and grits was delicious. He should do, you know, do this. And and that sort of set off the shrimp and grits trend in restaurants. You know, people started cooking. It became a thing like this iconic Southern dish that actually was more, I think, niche. It was like more of a just, you know, it's a fisher, it's a shrimp fisherman's dish. It's super simple. It's just grits with, with you know, shrimp on top. But because of this, you know, in, in, the, in the food media way, it became like a thing for the, the Crook's Corner version of it. Do you know anything about this specific version, Chang? Honestly, zero. <laughs> <You're nothing. laughs> All right. So that's what, that's what it is. Um, I mean, I'm going to say something first, cause I know Dave has had much more experience with shrimp and grits and like, I don't, and I don't know how much I, you've had Rachel beyond like, you know, the experience you just talked about. Like, I don't, uh, you know, I didn't grow up with shrimp and grits. I didn't really, I've eaten it maybe six times in my whole life honestly you guys are from california
3: and what the fuck would you guys know about shrimp and grits?
2: exactly <laughs> but that's exactly my point like what the fuck would we know and i know we got to stop comparing everything to asian food but like to me no, you don't we never I, have I, to
3: <laughs> say sorry for that ever
2: <laughs> i started thinking about shrimp and grits and like why it's confusing to me and i think it's the same reason where if you say like chicken rice to somebody who doesn't eat like chicken rice they're like that's just two foods what are you talking about mm. <laughs> but if you like know the dish you're like no, no, no! It's not just chicken and rice, and there's a million ways to do it, and a million ways to fuck it up, and well, no, very few again, ways to make going it right. Chicken
3: rice, I think a lot of it is the speed as which uh, at which you pronounce chicken, chicken rice. Ri- is it chicken rice? If it's one word, then you know it's like Hyanese.
2: <laughs> exactly. exactly. If you're a chicken and rice, no, it's yeah. chicken rice. No, it's <laughs> just it say chicken one and word. rice. Yeah, and it's 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 funny because like shrimp and grits is sort of the same thing, right? Like if you do like the shrimp and grits. People are like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I agree. But uh, I mean, as for this recipe, you know, I thought I I enjoyed the hell out of it. I mean, it was maybe borderline too much for me. Like it, it's it, there's like you said, two kinds of cheese and the grits plus tons of fat and stuff. And my little son ate up the grits. The yeah, shrimp topping was a, a, was a little too much for my daughter. She was just like it was like a little too intense for Ruby, but um, not for their big, big baba. Not for not for this guy.
3: Um, I like this recipe a lot. I have some tips, at least that I discovered. And this is what I can do. I, if I make it exactly as the recipe suggests, I can actually give tips to the listener. <laughs> like, did Dave, did Dave, like
2: 15 episodes and just realize yeah. the point of this podcast?
3: <laughs> <laughs> I am, come on, I'm much slower than you guys, but I get there, the tortoise. Um, uh. Okay, I think if you use quick grits, you don't necessarily need to soak them. This is where I would probably add a footnote. If you don't have chicken stock, any flavorful broth would work. Shellfish mm-hmm. broth would work wonderfully. Water to a degree. It's a lot. And what I didn't do is actually measure things out. Everything was the eye. And one mistake that a lot of people make when making polenta or slash grits, because I've seen it a lot in my lifetime, is it's not enough water. Or it's too little water and the temperature at which you cook it at. Because you can burn the shit out of yourself cooking this because oh, yeah. of the viscosity on it. Even at a low heat, it'll start to bubble over and and you will really could potentially injure yourself cooking this kind of stuff unless you're stirring it at a low heat. And one way to prevent that bubbling, like a, the fireworks of polenta happening is by adding. So it's just, there's a, like more water to it, more liquid. And I added way too much water after I added the stock and the milk. and one way to fix this is again, what I've discovered at home is just microwave some polenta. And I so I took some normal polenta, like raw polenta, and then I added some of the liquid f- that I added too much of and I just microwaved it and then almost like a, you know,
2: I I tempered it back in. Like a slurry almost. Like yeah, you're adding a, came well, like out a slurry great. back to it.
3: Interesting. There's a lot of dairy in it. Right. But I do recommend finishing your grits with butter, cold butter whipped in right before it, you, you serve it. Uh, I, another thing I suggest is I don't remember the steps on it. I actually have some frozen Ben's baking and I think really smoky bacon works very well here. And after I took that out, that's, then I sauteed the shrimp and then I added, I did add some onions to it and then I added the mushrooms. But once I got it like sort of hot, I put a, I I put a cover on it. I, I put a lid on it and I know that the recipe doesn't suggest that. And what I want to do is capture all that moisture to create mm-hmm. some kind of liquids, like like of all the ingredients. Because you see that in a lot of great shrimp and dish dishes that I've had is there's that brown beautiful sauce that you sort yeah. of mix in. And um, I, 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 that's what I did. So I, if you're going to make this, put a lid on it and don't put a lid on it after you've cooked the shrimp. Put a lid on it after the shrimp has been sort of like even halfway cooked through. Turn yeah. off the heat and just let it like chill out. And then you're going to get a lot of liquid that you can garnish your, your, your uh, shrimp and grits dish with. The other thing I I, I did, I made one, I made one shelf is allergic and I really like eggs, runny eggs with my polenta. Right. Um, yeah. And that's the only thing I would add on if I wrote this recipe or I was talking to the chef is uh, this could really use a runny egg in my opinion.
2: Yeah. Mm. I I was at that, ex- that's, that's such a smart tip with the, the lid and I hadn't thought to do that because I was at that exact moment where the shrimp was like halfway done or like a third done and there was a perfect amount of liquid but without a lid it just evaporated. I ended up having to add more chicken stock back and thinking like, this is stupid. I had like the most perfect liquid in the world and now I've lost all of that.
3: Another thing to remember is once you add the mushrooms, a lot of times you get a mushroom recipe or like a pan-roasted mushrooms, like you're supposed to like spread it out so it gets crispy because if you don't, you're going to steam them and it's going to just you know, sit in its own liquid. Like, you want that to happen. So like, crowd all the mushrooms, because mushrooms are mostly water, so you don't have to add any liquid. It's just going to come from the mushrooms.
2: Look you at know. this. Dave Chang, third person. <laughs> helping, helping people. Helping I, people. Uh, the, the only other thing I definitely did not do was pour out any of the bacon drippings. So I was like, three oh, strips no. of bacon? What are you talking about? Pour off some of these drippings. Yeah. That's crazy talk. Well, that, was, that was upsetting. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> it's like pour off the drippings. What the fuck am I gonna cook? The only
3: with? reason to eat this dish sometimes <laughs> is the bacon <baking> drippings.
0: <laughs> my so yeah, my beef with the recipe is exactly what Dave very usefully has brought up. Is just that for me, the recipe um, didn't produce enough liquid. Like it, you know, that thing happened that Chris mentioned. There was enough liquid, and then it all kind of disappeared because. The lid wasn't on there and the recipe is written in this very strange way where I think this is the fault of food.com and not Crook's Corner, but it's all just this one long list of ingredients and they don't break it into, you know, what should go into the grits, what should go into the shrimp and bacon part. And so under the ingredients, it says like one can of chicken broth. And I was excited because mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, perfect! Just one can. I'm just gonna have to use one can of chicken broth." And then after that, later on in the ingredients, it says one half cup fat-free, low-sodium chicken broth. Uh. So that was upsetting, and I just <laughs> bought a box of chicken broth, which I think you should probably do, or just use bouillon like like Dave would do. But you know, I wanted to add add more stock essentially. Like it was really dry, and like I said, I, I want that that juice and that runoff to like get into the polenta and make it really savory.
3: Well, I'm glad I've been reduced and typecast as Bouillon Boy. Thank you very much for that,
2: <laughs> Bouillon Boy. How did you find out Man. your nickname? We call you that behind your back. Uh, no, and th- I mean Rachel, like, the, the the liquidism. I mean the the reason why you dredge that shrimp in flour too is like it's supposed to thicken yeah. this gravy. Well, that's and, like, another thing I didn't did do.
3: I did not dredge that. That to me, it was like i never. That was like no, I'm not,
2: not happy. Oh, I I'm thought it gave that. like the the all, the sauce at the end had like a nice gravy. Mm-hmm. Well, as you said, you didn't have it. any sauce because you. <laughs> I added more chicken stock. <laughs> clearly, then sort
3: of ruined your 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 the flavor of your sauce. I I don't think you need to do that. And another reason why is corn is fucking starch. You don't need more starch in this dish in 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 in, in the viscosity of it. Anyway, that's just me.
0: I still think it's fewer calories than that
3: cake. By far <laughs> by far away fewer calories. Um but oh here's another thing having cooked so much polenta slash grits you can sandbag this ahead of time all right if you want to like cook it ahead, you can actually, you know, as Chris's recipe will will explain or demonstrate, like if you have cold grits, you can actually like get it saucy again. When I mean sandbag, if you cook this early in the morning or afternoon, whenever you're eating this, just make sure you put a lid on it. This is an example of using it with a lid and it will certainly congeal. And that's all. That's when it's okay to add like a ladle full of broth or water or milk and just stir it up again and it'll come back. And uh, it, you won't even be able to tell the difference. So uh, that's a really good polenta tip. And um, if you actually have too much polenta, as I did, and I didn't have mm. the uh, – they ran out. Again, I swear to God, they ran out of the, the polenta tubes. I made my own polenta – to for chris's recipe from all the from all the leftover polenta that I had here, I just sheeted it out on a on a on a tray, put it in the freezer, and I just cut all little s- circles wow. so it does hold up and if you want to then if you have like a if you actually reduce it down to much more of a paste and you cut it out, you can pan fry it as like polenta cakes those are good too
2: right uh so which brings us to the last recipe the which which i um Contributed or, or submit here for our discussion. It's from a blog called A Duck's Oven, which I think refers to the University of Oregon. Um, it's a polenta lasagna. I uh, I chose this recipe specifically because I had seen that my wife had gone to Trader Joe's and bought one of those logs of polenta. Um, and if, <laughs> And I was like, this is not going to get used. I cannot believe she bought this fucking thing. (laughs) It's just like sitting in our pantry and I wanted to use it up. So full disclosure, I did this for very selfish reasons. I wanted to get rid of this polenta log. Uh,
3: Has anyone, have you ever bought one before? Rachel, have you ever bought one before? Polenta log? No,
2: never. I think that like, I, (laughs) I have not, I think this is not the first time my wife has snuck one into the pantry, but again, I knew that it would sit there for four years if I didn't use it up. So I used it up.
0: Um. Of course, I I bought them, um, but I was still curious about how is this polenta tube shelf stable? Because it's like a cooked food with water in it. I was really confused, so I actually tried to do some Googling about it. I couldn't really find satisfactory answers. I landed on this website, polenta.net. For San Gennaro Foods.
2: You found my personal website?
0: For San Gennaro Foods. And I looked at their FAQ. There was also not really a ton of information there about like the shelf stability. So I emailed the information email address and I wrote them an email. And the subject line was Plenty of Tube. Shelf Stable How?, and,
2: Wait, so you use Yoda syntax, too, in your, your everyday <laughs> speech?
0: Uh, shelf-stable how? And it was amazing because, well, so first of all, I just I just emailed a very brief email. I said, hello, I looked on your FAQ for this answer but wasn't satisfied. I am curious. How is a tube of polenta shelf-stable without preservatives? Does the ascorbic acid serve some kind of preserving function? Would love any insight. Thank you, Rachel. <laughs> And within half an hour, half an hour, I was so excited. I received an email from Tony Moschio of San Gennaro Foods, and he was great. (laughs) He said, Hi, Rachel. Since our polenta is fully cooked, it is technically sterile when it is packaged. Though I could go on and over-explain this all, I'll try to keep it fairly brief. The tartaric acid, a natural byproduct of winemaking, is used to control the pH, while the ascorbic acid is only there to help the product maintain color over the course of its shelf life. (laughs) He says, hopefully that helps to satisfy your curiosity. If you have any other questions, please don't hesitate to ask. Tony Moschio.
3: Can we get Tony Moschio on this podcast? I
0: just love that kind of commitment to excellence. He linked have, to the uh, federal regulation category of acidified <laughs> foods, and you know, if you see San Janeiro Polenta on your shelves, I think you should you, you should buy it. I, I highly recommend.
2: Can you just write back to that email, Rachel, and say, okay, one more question. Then why am I so sick? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, when you were telling me this amazing
3: story, and thank you for going above and beyond and emailing Tony Mascaro,
2: this was the image that
3: was popped into my head. He's been waiting his entire career. <laughs> Email, and this is his only job. And he he looks like the, the the Crusader brother in Indiana Jones of the Last Crusade. He's just been waiting for Indiana Jones to ask him, you know, this is the cup of a carpenter, and you just did it, and Tony can now pass on to the afterlife. So thank you, Rachel, for letting oh, him
0: free. But I don't
3: want him to die. <laughs> He's the knight at the end of the Last Crusade, who's been
2: guarding this information, the tartaric acid,
3: for seven
2: generations he was the one brother who stayed behind oh my god that's wonderful that's truly wonderful Uh, so once you have this beautiful shelf stable San Gennaro product um, from Tony you Do take. you it, I you just thought like, of that? What the fuck is wrong with me? <laughs> I just feel like you're always thinking about that scene, though. Um,
0: sorry, just, just as Tony has been waiting for my question, you have been yeah, waiting exactly. for this polenta analogy.
2: Davis been just like, oh my god, it's happened! Oh my <laughs> god, I can bring it up again. The meta, the meta, oh, this is amazing. Uh, all right, so you you cut your, you cut your polenta loaf into um, coins. Get some jarred tomato sauce, put it in a make a lasagna out of it. You layer that with cooked Italian sausage, uh, ricotta that's been mixed together with an egg. Layer with some cheese. That's it. You make you make a lasagna. I don't. Oh, you know this shit. is this is really.
3: That's what I forgot. The ricotta. Or did you forget it? <laughs> oh my ricotta. gosh. I Jeez. just looked into my fridge today and I was like, why do I have ricotta? Why, <laughs> why do, I do I have ricotta? <laughs> 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 oh my gosh.
2: I snuck oh, a little, uh, I snuck broccoli and spinach into this because like, why else make lasagna for your kids unless you can sneak some vegetables into them? Uh, I'm not used to this kind of cooking, but I, I always have, you know, I've said this on the recipe club before, like I always have fun with these sort of like, sandbag, you know, dinner in an hour type of things. And I, I have fun making it. I, I will just say that to me, <laughs> the end result is, is exactly what you think it is. To me, it's like room temperature. You don't notice it. You know, it's not too hot. It's not too cold. It's just something you ate. That was, that was my overall takeaway.
3: I think it was a lot of work. Mo- much more work than I thought it was going to be even
0: without ricotta it was yeah so-
3: even without ricotta honestly I think that might have been better because like I, w- I, I, I never have ricotta in my house I was like why the fuck do I have ricotta I was like what you know I was like trying to remember something I couldn't remember and thank you uh, I mis- <laughs> 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 to the um, because the recipe is so nondescript and I sort of love the way it was written I just clearly you, I forgot because the recipe actually I love how it's written it's like just fucking make it happen it's like my kind of recipe <laughs> You know, <laughs> yeah, six steps, just do it. And uh, it's a lot more work because you got to the sausage. I actually took out of the casing and you got to cook that out. Mm-hmm. I actually added onions to it, too. I added the sauce. I only got two layers. I have an enormous amount of it still sitting in my fridge. Uh, and I don't think it will ever be eaten. Yeah, truthfully.
2: It, it makes a ton. I gave half. I knew right off the bat that, no, this is too much polenta lasagna. So I cut it right out of the oven and put it in a Tupperware and gave it to some friends. We still have a quarter of it. It, it, There's no, I I don't know, Rachel, you tell me like, I don't find this offensive in any way. I think it's like, it's a, it's a warm meal and it's, it's like, I mean, Dave thinks it's too much work, but it's like, it's pretty fucking easy. It's cheap. And I, I I won't make this again, but like, I'm on a, I'm not offended by this, (laughs) this recipe at all.
0: I, I don't know that it was easier than regular lasagna.
2: Yes. That's my complaint.
3: I think you could have just put lasagna sheets and you would have been a better dish.
0: Yeah. If you get like no boil noodles, that saves the step of like having to cut these kind of creepy polenta tubes into coins, which it was so strange touching them because they feel like plastic. <laughs> it feels like plastic on the outside. Is that... Is that the case for yours? <laughs>
2: well, there is plastic on the outside, Rachel. I don't know if you uh, <laughs> noticed. That there is plastic.
0: I took I took the plastic off, and then it felt like it was. There's still plastic on there, and then there's that weird, like puckery bottom.
2: <laughs> yeah, the little the little polenta sphincter. At the yeah, either but it end was such, it was
0: so sphincter esque. I mean, it was kind uh-huh. of the best for like texture, honestly. Um, but I felt like I was interested in this recipe. It seemed. Pretty easy, just by the way it was written. And then I was like a little bit surprised that it, it was a little bit more work than I anticipated. I mean, it's funny that she just calls for brown sausage in the recipe. Like, sausage can just magically get brown. You have to brown it. Like, that should have just been a
2: step in the <laughs> right, recipe. Why not just call for lasagna, comma, cooked? <laughs> like,
3: yeah. I mean, cause... if you are going to make it with a sausage, it has to be like uh, a loose sausage. You can't, you, and if yeah. it comes yeah. in a tube, you got to take it yeah. out of the tube.
0: Yeah, yeah. You have to detube it. You have to cook it. Um, you know what, my favorite
3: I, thing to do when you detube a sausage is to crisp up the tube and then eat the mm-hmm, tube. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. This That's is gross. a double
0: tube meal. <laughs> it's a double I'm tube
3: meal. It's, it's just joking. kidding. I'm sorry. I mean, I this mean, is listen, my favorite yeah, recipe
2: club we've ever done. This is so much y- shit. Y- your, your point is is, is well taken, double Rachel. Tube like.
3: Meal. What? <laughs> I try to keep my meals it's to one. That's never been two. uttered ever <laughs> in the human language. Never. Yeah. No one has ever said double tooth meal ever. We've now said it six times. Now we have to try to do triple tooth
2: meals. Oh my god! Now we're gonna get nothing but triple tube meal suggestions <laughs> we'll from wheel. listeners. <laughs> uh, no, but your point is, I mean, you you said it, Rachel. Like, why not just put lasagna sheets in there then? Like, what's what's the what's the difference? I will. Say, the, the one thing I will say in defense, like, I actually think that. The, I was pleasantly surprised by the texture of the polenta once cooked. It was it was fine. It was like it didn't feel weirdly industrial or anything to me. But maybe it's gluten free this way. I don't know. But That's otherwise, just use those on your sheets.
0: My issue, like I rarely just you know buy the jarred sauce and you know and the sausage and the ricotta and just cook it and not do more shit to it. I guess. So I was excited to maybe like start doing this from now on. But I felt like in this particular recipe, I was expecting it to be like the more, like more than the sum of its parts, you know? Like I thought like, oh, maybe the polenta will kind of melt. Maybe this is different for Dave actually having not used (laughs) tubes, Mm -hmm. but I thought like maybe the polenta will melt and like mix in with the sauce and mix in with the cheese and the sausage goop and like be really delicious. But for me, when I made it, it was just like, the coins kind of stayed coins. They were a nice texture, like just soft. They didn't really get crispy or anything. They were soft coins and then a layer of sauce, a layer of sausage, a layer of cheese, like nothing really melded and there were no like corner edges, no crispy parts, like in regular lasagna. There was no like, you know, like in regular lasagna, the sauce kind of like bakes into the pasta and is really good. And then you get those really like dark parts at the corner that are like really intense. And I, we just didn't get any of that. And it was just like eating pol- like polenta
2: it, it was Yeah, you, you said like nothing happened. Yeah, nothing, nothing happened. Nothing magical happened. But I
0: love all those foods. Like I ate it happily and yeah. I like sausage.
2: <laughs> the one thing I was going to maybe do was, if I were to ever make this again, which I, like I said, I won't, but like I might, instead of putting that layer of sauce in the bottom, just do olive oil and just get the bottom to crisp up, mm. hopefully in the oven and not have sauce in the bottom.
3: I did that anyway. I think that's a given, like a yeah. geometric proof.
2: <laughs> did it work? Did it get crispy on the? Box? I
3: always say that because uh, I did terribly in geometry,
2: so just assuming <laughs> like it, that I, I like know I what I'm talking about. Over, but but I have no what did idea. you just say? I glossed over. Did you say a geometric proof? Yeah, you know, like in G, when
3: you make those geometric proofs, they always say that's a given, like A is a given or B is a given uh-huh. of A or whatever the fuck. I think it's a given that you're supposed to line your pan with some kind of oil. lipid Another type hot thing. tip
0: from Dave Chang. Yeah, yeah. Second Q-E-D. hot tip in the history of recipe. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> um I will also tell you that I broiled mine and I oh. uh, I I got the nice crispy edges and because I I didn't use the double tube method <laughs> I got a little bit more of the 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 planta melting in and um oh but but it's still it, it honestly when I first tasted it I was like this might fucking win cuz it was like really good but the second bite the third bite was like
2: uh, <laughs> man, I uh, I actually I actually what you just said rings really true to me too, Chang. I took a bite. I, first of all, I looked at it. And I was like, wow, that's pretty fucking nice looking. It's a lasagna. And then I took a bite and I was like, oh, that's nice. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, do I have to eat the rest of this? <laughs> you know what it's what? like
3: too? Uh, uh, it was like watching a movie, but never having to watch it because you saw the trailer and the trailer's way better <laughs> than the actual movie. And oh, the first bite was the trailer. I never had to eat anything else.
0: Yeah. <laughs> or actually you know you know all those all those flavors already right like you have them already in your brain and that's those those are the trailer and then yep. when you had the first bite it's like this is the movie yeah,
3: yeah th- thank you Rachel um uh, uh, <laughs> award winning author for putting
2: together my fucking stupid logic together uh, in a more sensible way how? thank you thank what? you amazing this, is analogy. The, this is the headiest episode rachel just said like your memories are the trailer yeah <laughs>
3: like, that's true it's perfect because this is a dish where it's one of these very rare moments i really believe this that you can actually make the recipe in your head without ever having to make it And know what it's going to taste like. So everyone, this is the first time we've ever had a recipe club recipe where everyone that's listening, you can make it in your head right now. And boom, you're done.
0: Just make this recipe in your head. It's so delicious.
2: <laughs> it's just as filling if you just think about this, this recipe. It's just a feeling. It's, it's just a vibe, man. So, I mean, Recipe Club listeners, you have all already made this recipe just <laughs> by listening to this fucking psychotic podcast. This is the you, craziest you, fucking you, podcast ever. You, <laughs> you, thank you for joining us on our ayahuasca polenta lasagna trip. And you've already made this. I hope you're full.
0: This means we never have to cook again. Yeah, yeah. we cracked
2: it. We cracked it, Rachel. You just think about the food. Um, all right, let's get into let's get down to business here. Uh, thumbs can I say, up.
0: Can I say my last thing is that? Yes. I actually so with this recipe, I like cooking, and I think this recipe is kind of not enough cooking. You know, like mm. it's like just kind of the busy work of cooking without the transformation of it, you know? Like, you slice things, you layer them. It's building
2: Legos. It's building Legos. You see the picture of it, and you're like, I'm making that, and now I'll follow the steps until that happens. Yeah, so it kind
0: of bumped me out. Like, it wasn't satisfying or, like, you know, I didn't feel like I had actually done anything.
2: To add to that, to
3: be the yin to your yang, I... (laughs) This I don't I like cooking but I like this kind of recipe where there's like nothing you don't do anything. I was gonna say it, it comes out great. It's cooking and he loves this. And I I felt um, you know a loss or well, you know so it was just sad. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I should have feel this way. This is like this should make me feel great. There's no work that went into this. Yet I looked at the ca- like the clock. I was like, wow, this took way longer than it should and you got to put it in the oven and then anticipation the whole thing's a letdown. So just make it in your head.
0: Hey, can you um <laughs> oh microwave God. sausage?
3: Oh, yes, you can. You got to put a <laughs> lid on it though.
0: So maybe that's how we should, we should we should edit this recipe is microwave the sausage. I mean, if you're not going to make it in your head. Microwave <laughs> the sausage Microwave everything else
2: if you're not There you have it uh, Let's vote guys uh, Starting with Dave's recipe The first recipe, the lemon polenta cake Courtesy of Nigella Lawson via FoodNetwork.com. How do you, uh, what do you What do you say to this Dave? Thumbs up or thumbs down? It's a, it's a
3: grade that I would kill for in college Or any other point in my life A solid B
2: It's a B, <laughs> not an A yeah, mm-hmm. I I think as written and published here, it's a thumbs down. But I do I, I do think that the way we described it would make a really delicious cake, and you should could make
3: be an A plus. Again, having had this criticism from many many teachers, it's like Dave, you if you just put the work in, you could <laughs> not reach your an a. potential. <laughs> You're not
2: reaching your potential. This is, this
3: is a B. This is a B. Solid, even B minus. It's a it's a eighty three out of one hundred. I give it a
0: thumbs. <laughs> up. Like a B thumbs up, like Davis saying. Like, I would make it again, but I would do the finer cornmeal and soak, I guess. But I just thought it was delicious.
3: It still was delicious. It, was, it really was. And I think it got more delicious as the syrup. Mm-hmm. It calls for a tremendous amount of syrup. Do not skimp. It's going to make it better. Don't worry about it.
2: Uh, the Crooks Corner Shrimp and Grits via food.com by way of Rachel Kong. Rach? Thumbs up, thumbs down. Thumbs up, Chain. but more
0: juicy. Thumbs up, but make it juicy.
2: Let's just okay. Let's just stop for one second. Do you think that we are judging these recipes with a thumbs up, thumbs down? We should just decide if it is the recipe as written, thumbs up, thumbs down, or it's as we it's have sort of made it's our both. adjustments, right? It's both. Both things can be true.
3: Yeah, okay. I think people should know it's it is a good recipe, yes, but you put that into your final uh, calculation, right, in your final grade. Yeah. So it's a, it's a thumbs up for me, Dave. Thumbs up for you on this one. I'm going to say yes. It could be a little bit better here or there. Mm -hmm. Um, But from the taste test, Hugo did not like lasagna uh, polenta (gasps) at all. He's put it in his mouth. He's like, (laughs) (laughs) shrimp and grits. He demolished it. And my wife, her one of her favorite dishes is shrimp and grits, and it reminded her of a, a, a restaurant where she went to school in 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 Seattle uh, of a dish that she would eat a lot. So, like the like the 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 once a month special occasion you go out with your friends kind of eighteen dollar dish when you get in college. And she ate her dish and mine because I didn't want to eat mine, and it looked great. It was a winning dish, so it was by far the best of the three in
2: my opinion. Yeah and then the polenta lasagna it's not a good we just thing. said,
3: how could it even make it this far?
2: Make it in your <laughs> m- mind. Use your imagination like you're trapped I, in a you know jail what? cell. I give, it a, I give it a thumbs up as a mental exercise. If you're just sitting around, Chad, and you're hungry, you should definitely make this recipe in your head. Thumbs up for making this in your head.
0: Uh, he's, it's a thumbs up in your mind, not an actual yeah. thumbs up. Not an actual
2: yeah. up. No, 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 no. It's not it's a physical
3: a me- thumbs a, up. It's a, it's a meta. It's a. Immanuel it's a, it's a Kant <laughs> thumbs up. It's a in the Cartesian plane thumbs up.
2: <laughs> I, think that, um, I think that at the end of the day, uh, we've already said it. the 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 winner here is the Crooks Corner Shrimp and Grits, uh, which means yet another W for Rachel Kong, and gives her the right to replace polenta on our wheel of recipes, which I'll share now with my colleagues here. Currently on the wheel, we have barbecue sauce, flatbread, mapo tofu, jello, meatballs, canned tuna, martini, 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 and polenta, <laughs> which is falling off. Rachel, uh, what would you like to add in 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 the stead of polenta? Uh,
0: well, I want to do polenta again. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Martini.
2: Sounds like martini is going on for a fourth time, meaning this wheel is 40% martini. <laughs> uh
3: can I ask, Guys. what happens when we, if and when, because clearly we're not going to land on a martini, it's not going to happen, it's just not ever going <laughs> to land on a martini, no matter what, but in the event, so we can be prepared, if it does land on a martini, what happens to all the other categories, do we each choose one, uh, like item?
2: We, I, we were
3: having this discussion
2: the other day. Wait, what do you mean? If Like, do we replace all four martinis or do three martinis stay on the wheel? Yeah. <laughs>
0: oh, great point. <laughs> oh, God.
2: I think we all choose a different one. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think well, so, I too. But I we
0: should drink the martinis and discuss it over the course of the episode. I thought, Dave, you were saying if we land on Jell-O, can we make a pact to make a Jell-O martini? <laughs>
3: Well, that's but... why you, that's why you went to a great college and I didn't. That is just so goddamn smart. I just, I'm genuinely in awe of what you just did. And if you don't understand what she just did, you need to, because she doesn't know you play plenty of mind games. She's, she's operating on a whole
2: different level. All right. Well, do you guys think it's going to, we're going to hit martini this time or not? Rachel, no, we're going to we land gonna get on it? Mappetofu.
0: I think we're going to land on Jell-O which now i don't guys want you are doing this
2: wrong you got to use the secret man we got to will it you got to focus on it here we go martinis god damn it martini don't fucking let me down <laughs> it's slowing down on yes <laughs> also, it was the original
0: martini <laughs> it was the
2: original martini it's not martini two three or four it is martini number oh, one. Oh man i'm gonna get so drunk <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what to do. It just feels so good to have finally gotten it. So next time we we talk to Rachel, it's going to be martini o'clock. We're we're, we're making a pact. We are drinking martinis as we record this, correct? 100%. 100%. 100%. Unless you guys have other things to add about polenta, I'm going to tell everybody to, once again, follow us on social media, recipe club on Instagram. Hey, we see you guys on the podcast Facebook group. Uh, we are going to get in there once we figure out how to get our Luddite selves in there and interact because uh, it makes me so happy to see people cooking. There's so much action going on there. Um, people talking about recipes. Man, a lot of you are making boboli sandwiches. Holy shit, Dave. That wedgie. I Can I be crazy. honest? I want to make it
3: again too, but it's so fucking expensive. <laughs> it's it's the most expensive
2: goddamn Dave saving sandwich. money. <laughs> And then uh, send us any any comments, ingredients, recipes, requests. Recipe Club at majordomomedia.com. Our next episode will be with the illustrious Priya Krishna, in which we will be discussing eggplant.
3: Can we have a world where Priya and Rachel are, are combating against one another because Priya is just kicking the shit out of us? I believe
2: that is I believe that is in the works uh, because man, we can't take this shit anymore, Dave. <laughs>
0: Well, I'm the Polenta Overlord, I guess.
2: Yes, you are Polenta Overlord. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Your crown is in the mail.
0: Thank you.